And uh, this morning is very important because this is part of our connection. This is part of our DNA. This is part of the direction that we are going as a church. We are, we are, we are going to flow in some pretty awesome things here pretty soon. Some awesome things. Some awesome things that you're going to look back and you're said, man, this just feels like a dream. This feels like a dream. And every, every step sometimes may feel insignificant, but it's significant to God. Sometimes it's the small steps. Yeah. It's the itty-bitty thought, or the itty-bitty, not thought, but it's the itty-bitty step that God told you to take, that He told you to take, that was important. And that because you made yourself available to take that step, that step of faith, that walk of faith, the lifestyle of faith. He said the thing that didn't seem significant tends to be sometimes the biggest thing that really changes your life. It changes the dynamic. It changes the flow. It changes the miracles. You know, something that's very important that most people don't sometimes fail to recognize is that when they first get born again, um, it seems like God is in everything. God's moving on their behalf and he's miracles. Things are happening. This is happening. This is happening. And, um, and it's awesome that these things happen. And what God is showing you is what could be in your life if you continue with him. Yeah. If you continue to flow with him. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes we think, oh, things slow down. No, things are moving. God is always moving. Yes. He's never stagnant. He's That's never right. still. That's right. Amen. He's Come moving. On. Come on. That's right. And part of your... In- part of your and my job is to move with him. That's right. Amen. If things st- appear to stop moving or yeah. have stopped moving, you have got to ask yourself, am I moving with God? How many times do I need to come up to get prayer for my ear? How many times do I need to come up and get prayer for my mouth? How many times do I got to get prayer for my body? The question is, the question I ask with you, am I listening to the wrong thing? Is that why my ears are hurting? Is my, is, is my mouth spewing out garbage? Is that why I'm always having dental issues? Is, is my, am I always sick on the inside because, because I, refuse to, I refuse to forgive? Because I refuse to walk in love? Because I refuse to do the word? We want change, but we got to move with God if we want these things. Amen? And everybody wants change. They, they want God's perfect will. But you can't get God's perfect will on things if you're not willing to move with Him. Part of getting, part of moving with God is flowing with Him. Yeah. And, and every, I, I would endeavor to say that I believe everybody here wants God's best. Amen. But Amen. God's best requires yeah. that you get in the car of faith. Come on. Amen. That's good. Amen. That you get moving with Him. Amen. You don't pick and choose the days that you walk with Him. Israel didn't pick and have, Israel had no choice. When walking to their land of promise to, to stay home, to take a day off. I had a long week. It's been a tough week. I want to stay home. I want to curl up in my blanket. I want to cry. Look, the children of Israel didn't have that option. You and I don't get that option. We don't get the option of staying home. We don't get the option of just deciding not to walk in love. We don't get the option of of not speaking the word and not using our, our authority as we should. Yeah. We don't get options like that. Well, I'm under grace. No. You have, grace means you've been empowered to use your authority. 
You've been, you've been empowered to say unto this mountain. You have been given the grace to do things that you could not do within your natural means. You've been given the grace to walk with God. Amen. Amen. So let's open our Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Because every day is a day of preparation. Every day is a day of connection. Every day is a moving with God. And Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10, uh, 10. Paul writes to the Ephesians. And he's encouraging them. But more than just encouraging, he's instructing them. That there is a lifestyle. Say, there's a lifestyle. There's a lifestyle that I need. There's a lifestyle that I have to flow with in order for me to be a contender. Paul says that when I live my life, I, I am to live a life like I'm running. Yeah. Good. You, know, you know when you were back in preschool, back in the day, when you're, how many remember preschool? I remember preschool because I loved it. You got to, that was the only place where you got snacks and you got to get nap time. <laughs> I was very disappointed the following year when they got rid of that nap time rule. There was no nap time. You know, there was never a nap time in high school. I was pre pre pretty tired some days, but there was never a nap time. I try to take naps in school classes, usually during math or history. How many of you know that that didn't go very well for me? Particularly when it was time to take the test. I was not prepared. And many people want to pass with the same treatment that they had back in first grade that they didn't work in the 12th grade. It, it just does not work. And so Paul is talking to his people. He's talking to the church. He's saying this to the church. He's talking to the blood-bought, redeemed, delivered, set free. He's talking to that group. And he says, finally, my brethren. He's telling, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Aren't you so glad that he's not talking about your might? He's not talking about your power. He's not talking about your ability. So just, just get, off your, get off your trip about it being all about you. It's just you moving with him. Okay? Says now, he, now he tells us to put on the full arm, whole armor of God. Now here's the thing. How many of you got dressed before you came to church today? Well, pastor, that is a really silly question. I would never come to church not dressed. But here he's saying to be spiritually dressed. Spiritually prepared. To put the full armor of God on. A lot of people, they, they walk with partial armor on. They, well, I got, the, I, got the, I got the feed preparation of the gospel. I tell everyone everywhere I go about Jesus. Everywhere I walk, I talk about the word. But I don't renew my mind with the word of God. I don't, I don't, I don't deal with the, the demonic oppression that kind of comes against my mind. But you know what? I, I, believe that, I, I just believe that just tell everybody about the good news and tell them about Jesus. Yeah, but your mind is always under assault. And you're not dealing with your mind. You're not dealing with your hurts. You're not, you're not dealing. You're not walking in forgiveness. Amen. So you're not putting on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Let me explain something about the wiles of the devil. You know what the wiles are? They are a militaristic attack. They are, it's basically strategies against you. To get you out of love. To get you from moving with God. To get you, to make you ineffective. Say ineffective. ineffective. See, you are not designed to be ineffective. You are designed to walk in the full capacity that God has instructed you to walk. Right. And part of you being suited up in the full armor of God is part of you having a relationship with him. 
You can't do anything without, with, with the Lord or move with the Lord if you're not coming prepared. Especially if your house is always under attack. Uh-huh. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Right. Your home's constantly at your what your 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 money's under attack, your children are under attack, you're under attack. And you just think, well, you know. You know, I find very interesting that God gave him a pillar of night by a pillar of light by night and a and a cloud by day to protect them. And you know what happened? you know what their job was? To keep under that. To move with that. You know what your job is? Yeah. When, why? Because that's where the protection is. That's where the safety is at. Yeah. The protection is in moving with God. Yeah. Amen. Too many people sacrifice moving with God because everything seems to be okay. Yeah. They're they one storm away from things falling apart. They're one storm away from losing everything. They're moment, one moment away from losing their mind, losing their heart, losing their faith. And they don't realize it because some things don't seem very important. Suiting up with the whole armor of God? Well, that's for church. I live in the real world. Well, let me tell you something. The real world is the spirit world. Yeah. This right. world is temporary. That's right. That's right. Temporary. That's right. I always, I always crack up at people who are in their 80s and they go, man, that went super fast. Or when they say, man, I feel like a 20-year-old, but I'm now in an old person's body. Mm-hmm. Now I'm trapped in his body. I'm going to tell you, you're not going to be young forever. Mm-hmm. I said, you're not going to be young forever. Right. One day you're going to be older. Your kids are going to look at you and look at the type of race that you ran. Mm-hmm. Did you run your race? Did you flow with God? Did you make the sacrifices necessary to become successful? Are you making a sacrifice or are you just talking and let everybody think that you, you're making a sacrifice, yeah. that you've always moved with God? I, I must say that there's times where I haven't always moved with God as I should. Yeah. And I've paid for it. Yeah. Paid for it. Yeah. And, it's, and let me tell you, it's a terrible cost when you, you, when you pay the price of not moving with God. Yeah. I, I always think about doctor, about his uh, vision of the dry riverbed. We've, we've talked about this plenty of time. For those who don't know about the division, about the dry riverbed, uh, doctor had a vision. Um, he said there was a church. In his vision, there was a vision of the church, and the church was in a boat, and, and they were on a, on a dry riverbed, and they were kicking it up with their, with their paddles, and, and the dirt was flowing in the air, and they go, look, that's the glory. Look, that's the glory. We're in the middle of the glory. He says, but there was, they were not flowing with God. They just thought that the dirt was just the glory of God, and it wasn't the glory. They weren't even moving with God. And then he goes, but there was another church. It was in the water. And they were paddling and they were moving with God. And in it, there was healing. There was deliverance. Yes, yes, yes. You know, I'm kind of glad I had the opportunity to go to the Niagara Falls. It showed me something. It showed me that, that when you get close to the presence of God, no matter where you're at, the glory is always flowing. There's a high flow of God's presence. Yeah. And it was like a horseshoe when you're in that little horseshoe in the middle of it. No matter where you're standing, you're getting soaking wet. It's the most hilarious thing. And it, I have a video of myself and I'm just laughing because the guy, we're just both getting drenched. It's like, there's, it's impossible. You can't, it, there's no way you cannot not get wet on the Niagara Falls made of the mist. And I'm thinking when you're close to God, there's no way 
When you're moving with the presence of God, there's no way you're not going to get wet. There's no way you're not going to experience the flow of God. There's no way you're going to walk away from that not knowing that you had been close to God at yes, some point. Yes, People yes. are going to look at you like, oh, you're soaking wet. I can tell yes. that you've been spending time with God. That's I can good. tell that you've lent your life over to prayer. That's I can good. tell that you've given yourself wholly and completely. Yes. Every time I hear words from your mouth, I hear the spirit of love. I hear the spirit of faith. Yes. I, I hear I hear a fearless heart in the face of adversity. Come on, amen. And that's what people need to hear out of you. Yeah. They don't need to hear the freaked out fire uh, uh, freaked outside of you. Right. Mama's no one wants a visit a, a visit from Karen. <laughs> Mom, we don't need Karen today. No. We don't need we don't need a man who doesn't who doesn't follow God and doesn't know what gender he is. We need, we need people to be who God called them to be. That's right. Amen. Come on. Do you hear what I'm saying? Preaching. Yep. He said, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. It's all about standing up against that turkey. That's right. He's always trying to do something. Always trying to rip you off. That's right. Always trying to have his way in your life. He's trying. I said he's trying. That's right. It's, that's what he does. Why are you going to yeah. get upset that the devil's there? He's trying. Yeah. Come on. Sort of like showing up the football football game. Yeah. Well, you know, we, we, we're, we're coming against to play against this team, but you know what they did? They showed up. Well, yeah, their job is to defeat you. Their, their job is to keep you from winning. Yeah, their, yeah. their job is at, at any point to try to pull one over and win one over yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. So why are you upset that that's what the devil's trying to do? You, you are running a race. You are competing for a prize. Yeah. That's what the scripture says. Don't, yeah. don't look, don't look, don't shout at me because I'm preaching real good. Yeah, For so we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Now here, there's a, this is a real great theology for you to start picking up if you haven't picked up on it yet. He says, you don't fight against people. Right. Now there's demons behind folks that they've lend themselves over, but you're not fighting against people. You're fighting against that. You're dealing with that spirit yeah. that's behind that person. Yeah. That Karen doesn't know what's driving her. She don't know that there's a demon behind her. She doesn't know why she has anger issues. She, all she sees is just blowing up. I mean, we live, live in such a time where people are just blowing up. There's, I mean, they just fall like, they're like, it's like we're living in the year of the, the, the decade of the toddler. Adult toddler. Throwing fits. And, and you're like, how old are you? How old are you? Has anybody ever just thrown a fit? Fallen on the floor? cry well you did when you were little don't know don't, don't, don't be like you have you did when you were little but mom if mama was a good mama mama dealt with that and she took her, her little hand she took that little spoon or she took her hand to that bottom and spanked that bottom you're like yes mama yes daddy i'm gonna straighten up that ship right now i'm never gonna fall on the floor in the middle of the store yeah. right? right so why is it acceptable not it's let me tell you it's not acceptable it's not acceptable when we're not flowing with God. It's not acceptable when we continue to drag our heels and not move with him. Yeah. See, this church has miracles, but it's, it's having them for a reason. But it's not just for you and I. I saw something recently. I can't go into it too, too much right now. And I won't go into it too much too now because there's areas that God wants to move us into. The only thing that we can do is pray them out. Yes. We can't talk about them out. We got to pray them out and let them happen. You know what God told me? You know what God told me? Don't tell everybody. Don't cast your pearls for what God told you. Yeah, Pray it out. Yeah. 
start praying, start spending, start learning to flow with God and start talking about what God is and let, let God do it. And then you could just have, just say, praise God. You don't have to tell people, well, I knew that was going to happen. Because then that just gets pride involved. Yeah. And you want to be clothed with Christ, not clothed in pride. Good. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> For we flesh not against blood, principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Did you just know he's, he's showing you the layers of this, this seven-layer cake of how the devil works? Mm-hmm. He says, you don't wrestle against flesh and blood. That's one. But against principalities. Now he knows he's like, you're, you're dealing with principalities against powers. You're wrestling against powers, dark powers, yes. against the rulers of the darkness of this age uh-huh. that have always been there. And now you're becoming more aware of it. Mm-hmm. Against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Yeah. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to, to withstand in the evil day, having done all to stand. You cannot live a life unprepared. You must be clothed. You must dress yourself with the word. You must, in other words, you must live a lifestyle that you're doing the word. Amen. You're not just hearing. Now, some of this stuff about the... He's talking about, therefore, uh, gird yourself with, the, with truth. That means you're staying on the word, the, word the, the, the light of God's word. You have to put on that breast pl- pray, uh, plate of righteousness. In other words, I'm putting that word in and I'm learning to live a righteous, I'm letting the righteous lifestyle yeah. that God has called me to live, to, uh, to live in that lifeless righteous style yeah. that's going to protect me. Yeah. A living an unrighteous lifestyle will not add a breastplate of righteousness to my life. Yeah. Yeah. In fact, it'll just the last thing you want to do in, the, in, in a combat zone is take off your breastplate. Yeah. In the military, they all give them these, these uh, Kevlar vests to protect their chest, to protect the shots of the enemy. Because they do get hit. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the nice thing is, is they're able to get up and, whoo, I just dodged a bullet. But thank God for that, that breastplate. Well, that, breast, that righteousness acts like a breastplate. It's there to guard your heart. It's to guard your lifestyle. That, 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 that life of righteousness is not to bum you out. That's right. It protects you. Protects you from heartache. Protects you from just things that would typically take people out. Living a, a righteous lifestyle is a good lifestyle. It's right living. Right living. Talking right. Thinking right. Acting right. Come on. Doing, speaking, eating right, drinking right. And you just got to cover all the bases nowadays because people just, well, he didn't mention this one. So therefore, I must have a license in this particular area. Look, you shouldn't be looking for outs. You should be looking for ways of living righteous. A lot of people are too busy. People are trying, well, I, you know, I, I, I give myself to Lord like at least six days of the week. But Lord, you know, Friday... Friday, I would come and the Lord knows I'm a person. You know, he knows I'm a human being. Yeah. He knows I have needs. Well, he knows that you have need of righteousness. Yeah. He does know you have need of righteousness. Yes. And that righteousness that he's asking you, he's asking the, everybody in the church to walk out. That's right. He's not, you know, you, 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 can, you can take for granted. I'm going to tell you, you can take for granted right now. Some of the word that you're getting right now. Yeah. You take it for granted. Right. I mean, I'm talking to some folks about. Israel being having to wander the desert for 40 years and they didn't even know that people gone to church all their lives can you imagine going to church all your life and I'm ministering to them and I tell them how they you know the children of Israel had to water for wander in the desert for 40 years because they were disobedient and they wouldn't flow with God 
And the one person looks at the does the Bible really say that? People, churches, for years, you take for granted that you have been given the word. When there's a lot of places, they ain't getting the word. They're getting religion. They're getting, they're getting acts that they need to do. They got to crawl on the floor. You know, they, they can't even wear makeup. I, I like what Brother Jesse always says. Every house, every old barn needs some paint. So that's okay. <laughs> so you just say, thank you, Jesus. We get to take, we get to wear makeup in the church, you know. Thank you, Jesus. Makes a woman real, baby, if you look good and it makes you happy, baby, stay happy. Come on. Because <laughs> you're not making that all about you. What you're doing is you're making your life about righteous, living righteous. Yeah. Amen. It's not the outward that we're, you know, we're, we're looking here to look professional and, and represent God. But at the same time, we don't want to look like an unpainted house. We want to look like God actually cared about them, cared about you. Amen. So, so bring him glory in everything that you do. Yes. That was for free. So standing therefore, gird yourself with the, having put on the breastplate of righteousness and having put on shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace above all, taking the shield of faith, which you were able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one. The lifestyle of faith is a life of preparation. The lifestyle of moving with God is, always requires your preparation on your end. Amen. And then not letting things go, not putting things down. All right. So when you take on that helmet of salvation, that sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all supplication in the spirit, being watchful to the very end. You know, you notice you read that. You start to get the idea that not only are you supposed to be moving with God, but you ought to be heads up. Yeah. yeah. You ought to you ought to live a heads up life. Yeah, that's good. Too many Christians. I don't know why that bad thing happened. Well, did you live a life heads up? Just because, you know, too many people, too many, too, this is just, I'm just, this is just me talking now. You know, you get believers back in the day, you know, that hold um, these, these, these uh, pyramid schemes, you know, making money, get rich quick schemes, Amway, or you're going to make a, we're going to put you in the fifth tier of the president's club, if did and you have to, I'm sure that, that could be all true, but, but and you see something and it just seems too good to be true. If something seems a, a bit too good to be true, could it be that it is? And that you may be ignoring the red flag that's already on the inside of you. And that because you, because you're too lazy, you want something easy. You would rather, you would rather take advantage of a brother or a sister trying to push your thing than work hard. That in some way your eye has become corrupted. Your eye should be full of light. Your eye should That's be right. heads up. That's, right. That's not right. Yeah. I know right when I see it. I know That's when wrong right. when I see it. That's right. No, I'm, I, I see that he seems to have his act together. But there's something on the inside of me. There's a red flag. There's something on the inside of her when I'm talking to her. There's a red flag. Yeah. It doesn't have to be that they're wrong. It just means that they're the wrong connection for you right now. Yeah. Do you hear what I'm saying? Because right. not everybody's on board with the Lord. Yes. I like what one minister said. Just because they come to the such and such church doesn't mean there are such and such people. That just Or wear the shirt and they got the bumper sticker. Right. You still have got to live a lifestyle of being heads up. 
when, I, when, we, when we go to big cities, I tend to be my wife's bodyguard. Ask Pastor Melina. I'm always looking out. It doesn't matter. If we're in a big city, a lot of people. My job is the security of my family. I'm not waiting for things to happen to become a victim. I'm being heads up. I'm yeah. being proactive. I've taught my kids to live a life on the offense, not yeah. on the defense. Because yeah. when you're in the defense, it's already too late. So what am I doing? I'm looking at the faces of people watching us and who's watching them. Yeah. I look at their purses and I, when we're walking the street, I tell them, Lena, put your purse on the other side, make sure it's over. And then when I'm doing that, I'm watching. I'm watching people watching us. Yeah. I'm, I, am, I am like a sheepdog. I am corralling them. I say, uh, stay closer here. Mm-hmm. I've watched people watching them and I've and I got my eye and I'm always looking like this. I'm going to just tell you how I'm, my eyes are just always scanning, watching people, looking at what they wear. Why? Because I need someone to identify. I need something like, okay, you do, you're wearing this. If he, if he leaves, I don't know what he was wearing. Well, why wasn't your head up? Yeah. Why were you, you were just like all gl- starry-eyed. I'm in the big city of three rivers. Yeah. You know, just looking around, not paying attention. Yeah. Living life, wandering, not knowing where you're going. Yeah. God has called you to live a life heads up. I mean, I even look under the car before we walk up to the car. I always tell the girls, look, before you walk up to your car, look under your car. Right. Is there anybody around your car? Is there a shadow that didn't, wasn't there the last couple of times you were there? Keep a heads up. Yeah. And if you feel like it's unsafe, bring a guy up from the church with you. Yeah. Heads up. Heads up. Yeah. Make sure your keys are in your hand, set up in a, in a quick way. Well, stab at the eyes if you have to. <laughs> heads up. Heads up. No, that's right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. See, you won't be a victim if you live a life heads up. Yeah. You won't be a victim if you stay prayed up. Come on, Staying in prayer, listening to God. Should I even be, should I even been there in the first place? Yeah. Too many people are becoming victims because they're not praying enough. They're just doing things under the guise, well, I'm a Christian, therefore I should be safe. No, you need to be led. You need to be moving with God. Those things keep you safe. Not engaging with God, not moving with God will keep you in harm's way every time. If you have to debate in your heart of what God told you to do to move with him, then all you're doing is you're setting yourself up for the very worst. But when you learn to move with God, you know, God has told me many times the things that have saved me, saved me money, saved me time, saved me heartache. Many times it was not a loud voice that spoke to me. It was a soft voice. It was a mm and a red flag or a red light, I like to say, in my spirit. Mm-hmm. That's how he's led me. I spend time in the word. I meditate in the word. I connect with the Lord. I talk to him always. I'm praying in the Holy Spirit, and I see the difference. So therefore, I have been training myself to discern. You can train yourself to discern Amen. daily. Just train yourself. Amen. And when you're training yourself, you're doing what Ephesians 6 says. You are putting on the helmet of sal- uh, yeah. salvation. You're putting on that breastplate of righteousness. You, you may not be doing an exterior, but spiritually you are connecting with him. Yes. And those are the things that, that, that need to be fed in order for you to go forward in safety and, and, and in rightness of, and in soundness of mind. Because in all these things, they will protect you and they will guide you. Yes. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Hebrews chapter 4.
Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And I'm going to read the entire chapter, but I want to jump to this particular area because I feel that it's important to you and I. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 says this. It says, For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Now, this is very important for you to know about the word of God. Why is, why is the word of God sharper than any two-edged sword? Because it's his word. In other words, he's saying my word is a tool here. It's not just used for cutting. How many of you had a pocket knife? It's not just there to stab. It's there to break wood down. It's there to cut meat. It's there to op- help you open packages. It may be even there to help you open mail. See, it is a tool that helps you get into things and to keep you safe. It could be used for protection to be even help you even build something to save. It may be, it, or maybe help you to build a fire so that you're able to break enough wood down to build a fire. But here's the thing. God's word is a sharp and two-edged sword. In other words, that tool can help you do things that you never even thought was possible. And it's two-edged. Two-edged. And sharp. sharp. And sharp. Yes. For the what is powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. It helps you divide between that which is soul and that which is spirit. Why is it why why even say that? Between soul and the spirit. Why is it important for you and I to know? Because there are things that are soulish and those things that are spiritual. Mm-hmm. And sometimes your soul will interfere with your spirit. And you've got to be able to identify, is this the spirit or is this just me being fleshy? Is this just me being carnal? Is this this me being Karen or what about Bob? You know, w- what is this? Yeah. Who am I? Yeah. Uh, Lord, help me cut away which, which is carnal and is, that is resisting you, Father. Yes. Help, help me divide that which is really keeping me from walking out your fullness. What is that spiritual need that I'm in need of? Because I can't always be, I cannot be soulish minded because that is the very thing that'll keep me back instead of going forward. A spirit led mind is a mind that is led by God. A spirit filled heart is one that's made a decision. I'm going to move with God. A soulish one is the soul does not want to flow with God. The soul tries to figure it out with its intellect versus letting the spirit lead it and guide it. Because there are some things that your there's a lot of things that your soul cannot do that only your spirit can do. That your your soul cannot even comprehend. In fact, touching things with that, like what, go to church? Your soul, like, huh, that doesn't make sense. What, tithe? That doesn't make sense. Give your money? What? What? What do you mean tithe? What do you mean give? And it'll, it gets confused. And then all of a sudden, like your soul likes to also play dumb. Huh? I, I didn't understand that. I didn't get that. Yeah. You know, because our, our, that's what we do. Yeah. That's what the soul does. Well, what do you mean? Oh, I thought, I thought you meant thir- next Thursday, not this Thursday. <laughs> oh, you, oh, we were all going to meet at 7? Oh, I thought you meant like 7 in the morning Thursday. Yeah, next week, not this week. All of a sudden, it likes to get confused. Yeah. Has anybody ever got conveniently confused? Yeah. Don't, don't look around at your neighbor. Just keep looking forward. And this word, it, 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 it is a discerner between the joints and the marrow. Joints and the marrow. Yeah. Why is it saying that? Because the joints 
are the things that are in your body that move? Come on, is it deciding asunder at its joints? In other words, it knows what moves you. And the marrow is what's inside your bones. It knows the deep insides and the motives, even the things that are deep down that cannot be seen. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Wow. It, it, it knows your motives. That's why when you come to God and you cry, you better be careful because if you, if you already have a bunk motive and you're crying, God, you know that I... He's like, I do know. I know that you're trying to manipulate me with crying. And just because you're crying doesn't mean that you're going to motivate me one way or another because I know your motive. How would you like if, if, if you were trying to make God feel sorry for you and he already knew your motive and he knew your motive was bunk? And he knew everything you were thinking, including that. How confident would you be? I'm going to tell you right now, you would not be very confident. It's not that you're not, it's not that you don't think God can do it. You just know that with your attitude that it may not happen because there's a motive there. God recognizes bad motives. And he wants you to be able to discern when you have a bad motive so that you can deal with that bad motive and so that you can cleanse yourself, make yourself righteous, make yourself not dependent on, on manipulating others with that type of way of living either. Because he wants us to move with him. Say he wants to move with me. He wants me to move. He wants us to move together. He doesn't, he doesn't want a separation here. Amen. Let's open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. Boy, I got a lot of scriptures today. Um, I wrote these first two down and I've got quite a bit more to get. And I don't know if we're going to get through it tonight. I know we won't be able to get through it. But you know what? What we get through is going to be ha uh, important to you and I. Amen. So Matthew's chapter 7, verse 24. Say amen when you get there. Jesus talks to the people. His people, his disciples. But he's not, he's not just talking to them. He's talking to you and I. He says, Therefore, who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. I'm going to tell you something right here. A person who hears his sayings, it's not enough just to hear it in church. But he says, it's a, you need to do it. What is that pointing to? It points to being a doer. The point of just, I'm moving with God. I hear what he says, but now I'm doing. So that means I'm now moving with him. So I want to illustrate that and get that in your heart real quick. Therefore, who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken them to a wise man who builds his house on the rock. Wisdom does not come simply with just knowing. Understanding does not come by simply just knowing. Wisdom and understanding come through the practical application of doing the word. In other words, I do the word. And because I do the word, I choose to walk in love. I choose to type. The scripture says, I am like a person who builds his house upon the rock. What, what am I building? Am I just building on just doing what I want to do or what I think is righteous? No, I'm doing what he says to do. Yeah. I'm walking in love. Yeah. I'm praying. 
I'm staying connected. I'm coming to church worshiping God. Yeah. I'm coming to them to show a life fully committed. Yeah. Not only here at church, but I'm practicing at church, but I'm taking it home and then applying it there. Yes. And then when I do that, then I am finding, I am building on a rock. Yeah. Jesus' words to me are a, is a foundation to a good. lifestyle. It's good. It's very good. But me not doing it, is building on soft ground. Me not moving with him is building a lifestyle that is just, it's, it's just begging for a knockdown, a beat down. Because the devil will beat you down. He will. Jesus doesn't guarantee you. In fact, if you read further on, he says in verse 25, he says in the rain, when you build your house upon a rock, but in verse 25, he says, and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and, and they beat on, the, beat on the house and it did not fall for it was founded upon the rock. Yes. Amen. Can you imagine? Amen. You're not collapsing under every pressure. The Bible did, Jesus said that there's going to there's gonna come a storm, yeah. but your life ought to be able to stand in that storm. Yeah. Yeah. You shouldn't just, just quit give up i'm gonna pick up my pick up my toys and go to the other church because there there's no pressure there to just live a godly lifestyle i can live however i want to live i can eat pizza on a friday night about 12 a.m ain't nobody gonna judge me there drink drink about 12 quarts of pepsi then have a have a couple bowls of ice cream ain't nobody gonna be judging me well look no one's going to judge you, but your life built on that versus the word of knowing what to do in the time of pressure, yeah. not leaning to Pepsi or, or pizza or ice cream, but saying, God, I know you're going to bring me through is going to just leave you healthier, leave you stronger on the inside. It's going to help your mind. It's going to help your heart. It's going to help your spirit. Would you rather be the better you or would you like to be the worse you at 3 a.m. and 500 pounds heavier? <laughs> I don't know about you, but I choose, sometimes I want pizza. But hey, you know, I'm being honest, sometimes we want the pizza. So what's going to keep us from the pizza? What's going to keep us from the loop? Is seeing the danger in advance of that slippery slope. Say, so, you know, I would rather walk with God. I'd rather spend my time walking. Because God has assignments for each and every one of us. Yeah. Each and every one. I'm going to tell you. Can I tell you your assignment right now? Can I tell you your assignment? This is going to help you. Versus trying to change the world. You start with you. That'll help. Quit worrying about the world. Start taking care of you. Start cleaning your house. Start walking to your house. Walk the property line. Pray over your property. Pray that God comes in your home, invades your house. Say, Father, I thank you, Father, that you're in my property. You're on every fence post. As you're walking, I thank you, Father, that I thank you, Father, for my children. I thank you for my kids. I thank you for my church. Because that's your house. This church is your house, too. You can yeah. pray You pray for your church as well. That's your house. Yeah. I pray for everybody in my, in my natural home as well as my spiritual home. Yeah. And then when you, go to, when you walk the city, when you're going to, going to church from, from point A to point B, you say, Lord, I bless this city. I thank you, Father, that your city is redeemed. I thank you, Father, that there's a hand of God, there's a, a move of God that's going to shake the city o, uh, wide open, yeah. that you're going you're to bring people from all denominations back to the throne of God, back to the, back to the, 
back to the altar where they're just, just, they're just asking for forgiveness. They're asking for a close walk to, with God. I thank you, Father, for that's going to happen. Yeah. What are you doing? You're, you're making, you're changing the atmosphere with you. You're changing the dynamic with you. You're starting to change. You're starting, and you're starting to build on a rock because you're doing the word. And you're not being yourself minded. You're being others minded. There's no, there's no victory in just you minding you and caring about you. Nothing will ever happen good for those who just sit in there and just think about themselves. Happy is the man whose mind has stayed on him. Amen. But that wind, that blew, it blew. The storm came, right? Is that what the scripture said? Jesus said it was going to come. Do we collapse or do we just say, you know what? I'm going to start changing my attitude about this thing. Change your attitude about the storms. You know what I see when I do see a storm now coming? Especially when the rain comes. In the natural realm. I like to sit in the back patio. I like to get that little propane thing going on, the little center thing. I get to sit under the, my balcony and I think, man, I'm built, my house is built on the rock. I have a foundation. I can rest in him in the midst in the face of a storm. And he is, I am for always in the pinions of his wings. I am protected. And just meditate on his goodness. Like, wow, God, you, you're taking care of me. You're bringing me to a better place. You've given me soundness of mind. And it's a better place. I am in a way better place than I was from when I first started. I remember when I was struggling. I remember when I didn't know I was going to make it. I didn't know if I was going to even live the next day. I was shocked when I, I remember when I was shocked when I was 30. And I was shocked when I lived to be 40. I was shocked when I lived when I was 50. And Father, you've done exceedingly abundantly above more than I can ever ask or think. And I'm so grateful for your word, for your word works on the inside of me. Your ever, pre your ever face is a present joy in my home. I love to see the guy. I can see your face and the goodness that you have given me. What are you doing? You're making him the center of your life. You're, make, you're putting him in the forefront of your heart. You're, you're meditating on what he's doing and not what he hasn't done. But you're confident in knowing that he's always ever moving on your behalf because you're moving with him. Say, I am moving with him. And it was when Jesus had ended these sayings that the people were astonished at this teaching. For he taught them not as... as as one having a, he, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. People are tired of religion. Yes. You've got to be tired of your own religious ways of living. You've got to say, I need a, a life where I'm moving with God because that is the only thing that will satisfy me. Yes. I said that will be the only thing that satisfies you. Hebrews chapter 12. How many of you feel like you're getting fed today? How many of you came ready to hear what God had to put in your heart? Yes. How many of you are getting answers this morning? Yes. Because you don't want to just continue in life and just not move with God and suffer. Like I said, you, we take these things, these messages for granted. We, we assume that everybody's being told to move with God. And the reason why things dried up is maybe it's because we didn't move with God. Maybe we just, just haven't been moving with God. We've been going to church and <coughs> we hear the points, but we're not applying it. 
And over here in, in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, it says, Therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let, aside, let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Remember, we have to run. Yeah. We have to run. We have to move. It has been set before you. The lifestyle of leisure for the believer is... This is how you enter. You know, this is how you enter into his rest by moving with him. You can't enter in his rest by not moving with him. I mean, think about that. That that has something that that ought to cause you pause a little bit. Like I like the word "sela." You know, to give you a "sela" moment. Like, oh, stop. Words, you know, this word "sela" means stop and think about it. That's the word we hear in the scriptures. It says "sela." It means stop, think about it. Just ponder on it. Let your heart be saturated with it. Like, I need to move with God. I need to flow with God. You know, <clears throat> one of the scriptures that um, over in, um, I want to say Hebrews chapter, uh, which one is that? Hebrews uh, 4.11. He says, having a... Um, I'll just quote it to you and you can look it up later or you can write it down. It says, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest lest any man should fall of the same example of unbelief. He's talking about the children of Israel. You know, that word unbelief, he says don't, you don't want to have that heart of unbelief like the way, that's, that word is very interesting because he says you don't want to have that word is called apatheia. It's where we get the word apathetic. But it's so much different than any other word any time the word unbelief is used. Because it says disbelief, obstinate and rebellious, disobedient. It means obstinacy, obstinate opposition to the divine will. In other words, I know what the will is, but I'm not going to do it. You can't make me do what God told me to do. You can't make me. I, I am not doing this. I don't care what you say. I don't care how good of a preaching was. I don't care. I'm, I, I mean, I just come here to, you know, feel better, Pastor. You're, now you're asking me to move with him because, because, you know, if I don't move with him, then I'm going to miss out and then I'm going to uh, miss the flow of God. I'm telling you that because I'm, I'm throwing you a lifeline. I'm telling you that because that's why things have dried up. That's why things that things that's why things are getting harder. And you being obstinate and to that and say, Well, I believe in grace does not remove your responsibility from doing the word ever. Grace is so that you can do the word. Mercy is because you screwed up and you should have done the word. But you're gonna get back on track and you're gonna just keep moving with God. In other words, you're gonna keep building on the word, keep walking in love, keep doing the word. Doing the word is simply just, or moving with God is just oftentimes it's just doing his word, walking in love, keeping your heart right, keep your thinking right, keep it straight. That's moving with God. It's, it's dealing with yourself. So that's why he says, let us lay aside every weight and sin which easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance that race which is set before us. In other words, you can live a lifestyle with endurance where it's easy, it's hard. You know, I never have to, now that since I've been delivered from alcohol for years, I haven't drank alcohol 
per, I only drank it once by accident because we went somewhere. They gave me a drink by accident. I'm like, dude, I haven't drank in years. And you accidentally gave me someone who hasn't drank in years a drink. I was not going to say, but I was very upset. But since 1990, I, when I got saved, I think I got saved in 91 or 92, 92. So I was 22 when I got saved. I have not drank any alcohol since 1992. Sober. N not, I have not been drunk nor high since then. I've built my life on the rock. Things, when things have gotten tough, when I felt like quitting, because I built on the word. There, have there been times where I blew it? Yep. And I paid for it. But the times, but I've learned to connect the dots. I've learned to connect the dots. This, this is when the blessing came. This is where the blessing happened. So that when I did screw up, I knew how to get back to where I needed to be. I knew how to make things right. I wasn't, I wasn't floating in the middle of an ocean, abandoned. No, he was there with me, helping me get myself together. Because I had enough work to know how to regroup and know how to float. I know how to stay alive. I knew how to, he taught me how to survive. He taught me how to praise my way out, to joy my way in, to, to dance in the face of adversity. How did I learn that? By just moving with him. Just by moving with him. You, by you just making a decision that I'm going to move with God, move with righteousness, yeah. your life will get better. So good. Amen. 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 Isn't God good? Yes. I'm telling you, the anointing is so strong in here right now. I'm yeah. telling you, it is very strong, very present. And with this move that's coming forward, I'm going to tell you right now, we are there to be a blessing. I was reading something that... Uh, Somebody wrote, and I just kind of just jumped. I'll share it with you later on. Just jumped out with me. But our assignment is that of love. Yeah. And we're not better than anybody. We just had more mercy thrown to us. What was that mercy thrown to us? His word yes. that gave me answers so that I could get out. That's mercy. He gave me his word so I didn't have to yes. live. So yes. I could have the breast. That's mercy. Yes. I get to wear the breastplate of righteousness. Yes. I get to live righteous. Yeah. I, get, I, don't have to worry. I don't have to worry like the world just looking over its back because I'm constantly not doing right. Yeah. Yeah. I can live in peace, and that brings me to peace. Yes. Amen. 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 Well, church, I love you. I just want us to close our eyes, bow our heads. You know what? I did, yes, that's right. Yeah. Lord just reminded me, hey. Um, 